Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Can you hear me now? There we go. Good. This morning, we are going into the second week of Advent, where we light our second candle on our Advent wreath. Today, unlike last weekend, where I was talking about the grandeur and majesty of God and creation, and how we're made in God's likeness too, today is uh, it's not quite as happy of a story. Today, the question <clears throat> that we're going to address in the homily is, if everything is so great in creation, if God is so big and powerful, how everything is so messed up in my life and in the world? And it's a real question. We're going to look at the real answers to that. In the gospel reading, in the first reading, both we hear that when God comes again, the mountains, the big things, are going to be flattened for us. And the valleys or the depression in our life, the darkness, will be raised up to be good again. And God will come and do it. But we can't overlook the fact that there still are mountains and valleys. There is sin and death. So for the times we have not accepted God by following His commands... Let us call to mind our sins and prepare ourselves for this Mass. Our children may come forward for the children's liturgy this morning. And mom or dad, you really might want to send them this time because I'm giving a lot of really bad information in the homily, all right? It's kind of true. It's not going to be a bad homily. It's going to be a homily that is bad, you know? How are you guys this morning? Good? You're good? You guys are dressed like Christmas already. Are you ready for, are you ready for Jesus to come at Christmas? Are you ready for Santa to come at Christmas? Which one are you more excited for? Santa. Oh, well, there's... <laughs> you heard him. <laughs> the truth. We, we need the truth. Okay, that's good. One of the things that Jesus teaches us when he comes at Christmas is that, is that it's not about getting gifts, right? Because Jesus, as God, at Christmas time, he doesn't ask us for something. He says, I'm going to come to you instead, doesn't he? That's what Jesus does. And so... If you've not already made, who you guys have all made your Christmas lists? You know what you want, presents you want, right? When you go home today, make a new list of the things that you're going to give to Jesus or to your family at Christmas, all right? Can you guys do that today? Good, all right, good. And thanks for being honest about who you're looking forward to more, all right? We can work with honesty. All right, go forth and listen to God's word. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the 15th year, of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Eterea and Trachonitis. And Lassanius was tetrarch of Abilene during the priesthood, the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the winding road shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. 
For those of us who are just joining us here at Corpus Christi this weekend and did not come last weekend, you're in for a treat today. I'm going to give the most depressing homily you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) That's probably kind of true, actually. The first weekend, last weekend of our series, I talked about the grandeur of creation and the goodness of God, and also the goodness in us, because God made us to be. Um, This weekend, though, we've got to look at the other part of what's true about creation, and that's that it's fallen. And as John the Baptist proclaims today in the gospel, we need to make straight the pathway of God. The only way to make it straight is to know where we're going, to recognize the path right now is not good. Um, for many of us. And if we get that part down, if we know the truth of who we are and who the devil is, then God can indeed come and exalt everything. So today, I want to talk about three things. First, who is Satan? Secondly, why does he do what he does? And three, why do we listen to him? So first, who is Satan? In the very beginning, when God made everything, he made a category of beings that were spiritual only. They have no bodies. We call those beings angels. Angels, right? The angels, at the moment of their birth or creation, are given a choice. Serve God or don't. That's it. Now, how does that work? Well, for us, let's do us first. We, we exist in time, right? Things happen. I had a professor in college one time, he described it like this. He said, imagine like a wrapping paper roll, like for the holidays, you know, big cardboard tube. And on the first, the end over here, you're born. And then you go to school and you learn your math. Then you have your first kiss in high school, not middle school, boys and girls. (laughs) And then in college, you go root for Alabama because they won again. Darn it. Anyways. You go through life, right? You meet your future husband or wife, you get married, you have your kids, you get your career, you get your promotion, you get fired, whatever happens to your life, right? And on the very end, on this side of the paper towel or the wrapping paper roll tube, you die. You have your last breath. And that's how we see life, right? Thing after thing after thing after thing. And yesterday we might have been bad or good, and today might be the opposite, and tomorrow we have another chance to try to be good again. But God doesn't see our lives like that. Because God is outside of time. God takes that whole big wrapping paper roll and turns it on end. He looks through it like a telescope. And as he looks through our whole life at one time, he already knows where we're going to be, even though we still exist in the world. Does that make sense? And so he doesn't cause us to sin or cause us to be good. He gives us the choice, but he already does know it. Well, the angels exist only in that vertical dimension the paper towel roll being uh, through, the God, through God's eye. They don't exist in time, so they have one choice at the creation. Should I serve God or will I not serve God? And the best of all the angels named the light bearer or Lucifer, right? The most powerful of all God's angels, the one who bears the light, he decides, he says, non serviam or I will not serve anyone because I'm great. And in that moment of making that choice, he begins to fall away from God. And as he falls, a third of the other angels are grabbed, as the book of Revelation says, and also fall with Satan or with Lucifer, no longer the light bearer, right? And as he falls, he wants to pull as many people in as possible. Um, In Genesis, we read, since we used Genesis last week, 
In Genesis, we see how the devil appears to us in chapter 3, right after creation is over with. As soon as God makes paradise and like gives Adam and Eve to each other to like just live in marital bliss for forever, never have to work or anything, as soon as all that happens, now there was a snake. It was the most cunning of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. He was the most cunning, the, the smartest creature. That's who the snake is. That's who the devil is. Actually, I, I've been using different words this morning. There's Lucifer, light bearer, devil, which means the divider, and Satan, which means the accuser. He has different names because he does different things. I mean, they're all aiming at the same thing, which is to condemn you to hell. There's a happy thought. <laughs> it's his aim, right? But there's different names for him because he has different jobs, just like you might be, you know, engineer and dad and son, right? He has different roles, too, that he fulfills. And we can see him operate. Well, anyways, he's known to us as the most cunning. He slithers up to Eve and tries to tempt her at the very beginning. Um, but why does he do this, right? So, so who, is the, who is the devil? He exists because God made him to be good, he chose to be bad anyway. Actually, all, all angels had a choice, right? A third of them went away, or we think a third of them. And why does he do what he does now? Well, let's read what the Bible says too. The book of Wisdom, chapter 2, verse 24. It is through envy that death enters the world. Envy. Through envy that death enters the world. Who's envious and of whom? Well, St. Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 3, did you not know that one day you will judge the angels? And who's he saying that to? Us. St. Paul. Do you not know that one day you will judge the angels? What does that mean about us and our status? Are we above or below the angels? In the book of Genesis, we're created in whose image? We're in God's image and likeness. In fact, whenever God became, when God became to earth, he became an angel. He became a human being, a man, a person. He didn't become an angel. He became one of us so that we could become one of him. And the angels know that. And Lucifer, of all people, knows that. Heads and tails everybody else. In fact, he hates that. You know, I, you know about, about angels. Angels are great. Like, angels are fantastic, Right? It was once said by someone who uh, has, had mystical, or they said they had mystical powers to see things. They said that they saw people's angels. Did I tell you this already before? And they said they saw Mother Teresa's angel one time uh, over her shoulder. You know how big the angel was? Like three times big as an elephant, this person said. And that the, the bigger the mission that God has for the person, the larger the angel is hovering over their shoulder. I could, I could see that too, like a little four-foot Mother Teresa walking around with this like massive angel over her shoulder, you know? It's like, uh, okay, I'll listen, right? The devil's like, get me away. You know, come get out. I'm out of here. Our, the angels are meant to serve us. Another thing that's interesting, too. At funerals, people often say things, and they're trying to be kind. Uh, maybe you've said this yourself. Uh, well, God gained another angel today, right? And, and I, I get the sentiment. Like, that's, that's nice. Um, but, but that's so... It's less than what we are. God didn't gain an angel. He gained you, <laughs> He gained you, and you're greater than angels. Don't lower yourself. God doesn't want to. In fact, the angels are meant to serve you, not the other way around. Anyway, so as, 
as Satan falls from God, he becomes envious because he knows that we will one day be in the place that he once had. In fact, we'll be higher than the greatest angel who have ever existed. We'll be higher than him. And so as he falls from heaven or from paradise or from grace, as he falls away and further and further, he gets further into the deep depths of hell. And as he falls, he's snatching with both hands as many people as he can by the ankle and trying to drag them down. Why? Because he's envious. He doesn't want anyone to be in heaven where he once was if he can't be there. He doesn't want anyone around the throne of the Lamb worshiping God for all eternity if he's not getting the praise himself. And so he's looking for people. He's looking for them. In fact, in Genesis, what does he do to Eve? He says to her, verse, uh, verse 1 still, Did God really say, did God really say that you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? Right? He, notice the lie, right? He doesn't say, did God not say you shouldn't eat from the one tree? He says, did he really say you shouldn't eat from all of the trees? He's smart. He's the most cunning, right? He's going to tell you a half-truth or ask you a half-true question first. And then Eve replies to him, uh, no, we can eat of any of the trees in the garden. It's only about the, true, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge in the middle, in the knowledge of good and evil, in the middle of the garden that God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it or you will die. So Eve stands strong. Go Eve, right? But then the snake said to the woman, you will certainly not die. I was once told in seminary that heresy, which is like, you know, the opposite of truth in the Catholic faith, heresy is a half-truth proclaimed fully. In other words, like Pelagianism. You can work out your own salvation. Just work hard enough and you can be saved. Half-true, right? Because you have to do something but you can't do it on your own, and you know that because you mess up all the time, or at least I do. Maybe you guys are perfect. Or the Protestant Reformation, many of them said, we're just piles of dung. That's all we are, piles of dung, and we're worthless and hopeless. Well, that's not true either. It's partially true because like, we're pretty bad sometimes, but it's not the full truth because the full truth is we're still in God's image, and God's not a pile of dung, as cute as the little poop emoji is on your phone, right? <laughs> Those are half-truths, and Satan likes to use them. The devil does. He likes to divide our intellect. God knows well that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. Another truth, another partial truth, right? You'll be like God. That's our destiny is to be like God. In fact, they were already like God. But it's not enough, he says to them, right? Then you'll be like God. You're not like God enough now. Then, then you'll be enough. You ever, have, you ever play that game? I'm not enough yet. If I just get, just do this, just have that. Then I'll be enough. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes. And this is the third part of the homily. Why do we listen to the devil? Because he's really good at what he does. In fact, he's excellent. He's excellent at being the devil. He's really good at it. He convinces her that it, it's good. It's pleasing to the eyes. Go for it. And so she does. And she invites her husband in on it too. We fall because as much as we're made in God's image, we're still not God. What makes us in God's image? Is it fingers? Is it eyes? You know what makes us in God's image? The constitution of our soul. We are immortal. Like, when plants die, do they go to heaven? No, right? They have no existence beyond this earth. When animals, all the kids are gone, right? 
<laughs> they, they have no existence beyond here. They don't need to. They don't, they don't exist for glorifying God in, a, in eternity. They exist for glorifying God in creatures here on earth. They exist for us, in fact, to serve us, that we can be happy and one day be happy with God forever in heaven. But we have an eternal destiny. Because we look like God in our intellect, in our will, in our ability to love, because we have freedom, we can choose to go against the one who made us to look like him. And actually, if God, you know, why not, Father, why doesn't God just snap his fingers and make us all perfect? Because then we wouldn't be like God. God is free. And if we're not free, we're not like him. We have to be free. In fact, when, like, when you're teaching a little kid something, right? Like teaching them to tie their shoes, they're like, just do it for me, Dad. I don't want to do it anymore, right? And we want to say to them, don't you see, right? Like, can't you see that one day if you can tie your own shoes, you don't have to stop a soccer game to come to mom and dad to do it for you, right? You don't have to leave the playground anymore. Don't you see that if you can learn to write these letters or do this math, you'll be free to go get a job or go to college or whatever the thing you need to do is? Don't you see that if you discipline your body, you'll finally be able to make the weight class in wrestling or bulk up enough to hold the line in football? Don't you see that if you're disciplined with your diet that you can, your knees will thank you when you're 60, right? Don't you see? We say to our children, and God says to us, like, I'm giving you all freedom um, to be everything, to, to be like me, uh, Pick the right thing, you know? Just pick the right one. And we don't. And we don't because we're not God. Um, you know, um, on this point, uh, I went online this week. Last week I went online and looked at a bunch of statistics about the universe and like how cool and big everything is, right? Amazing stuff. How, how long does it take to count to a billion, remember? 31.7 years, right? Yeah, 31% to count to a billion. And there's like, how many billion suns can fit in the biggest star in the universe? Nine point whatever, nine, nine billion, right? I mean, huge, amazing amount of numbers. All right, okay, so this week I went online and looked at the bad numbers um, to see how the bad the world really was. How, much, how many of us listen to the voice of the evil one when we shouldn't? Here's some of the things I found. Last year alone, last year in one year, $3 billion worth of merchandise was stolen from Walmart alone. From one store chain in the United States, in one year, $3 billion worth of thieves. Now, some of you are like, yeah, give it to Walmart, you know? But that, that, that's a lot of stealing. Most, most companies, by most, I mean like every company besides a few, doesn't even make that much money in a year. Doesn't even have that much gross income in a year. This one, they lost that much, stolen in a year. Incredible. Five million elderly people last year were reported to have been abused, mostly in nursing homes. Five million. That's the ones that we know about. Defenseless. 20 million adults suffered last year from a substance abuse addiction of some kind. Drugs, alcohol. Now, that one's in my family. I know that one well. 50% of the people who got married in their life, over the, however many decades we're now, we, we can now measure, uh, have gotten divorced. In the year 2020... The divorce rate hit, hit a 50-year low. Only 1.5% of couples married last year are already divorced. Only. Happiest day of your life, right? Till it's not. 
25 million people are currently enslaved in sex trafficking. The majority of them, their photos and videos of them are on the internet, being sold as pornography or being advertised. And people find them, like they find the picture, but they can't find the people. What would that be like to be trapped as a slave, knowing that people are seeing, your parents, your, your children, people are seeing you and they can't find you. No one's coming. 25 million experienced that globally. Last year, or no, not last year, two years ago, 2019, 25,000 people died from a terrorist attack. We thought we made progress there, didn't we? 2018, 32,000 died from a terrorist attack. 46 school shootings have happened since the year 2013. 46 school shootings. And the last one, which I think is probably the worst, I mean, all of these are bad. Um, Seven million child abuse claims were filed last year. Seven million. And of those cases where it was abuse, like a physical abuse, physical, physical or sexual abuse, of those cases, the vast majority, I think it was almost 90%, both parents abused that child. They have nobody. Nobody. It's bad. Things in the world can be really bad, really dark. And I haven't even gotten into like disease and other things like that. These, these are you know, human actions, human choices. But don't, nah, nah, don't kid yourself either. Like, as I read that list, you're like, well, I didn't steal anything from Walmart. Good for you. <laughs> Maybe you didn't go to Walmart, right? Go schnooks. I don't know anybody who's involved in sex trafficking. Well, good for, good for you. Good, right? I and mean, that's, that's where we should be. We should be away from all of these things. I'm not addicted. I didn't start a school shooting. Good. Um, amen. Hallelujah. You're free. But are you? Um, when I was a, a young man, freshman in high school, um, the seniors, some group of seniors, invited me to kind of join their little group, you know, sitting in a circle talking before school day started in the cafeteria. That's what we do at Gibson Southern, or what we did anyway. Anyway, so my sister would take me to school, and I, they began to start inviting me, a little five-foot-tall, 100-pound nerd, joining the seniors in this cool group. And so I went to them, right? And one day, on the way to school, on the way to school, I drove by one of their houses. Let's call her Mary. Drove by Mary's house, and there was a, a special education bus, like the one that delivers people with disabilities to their, their destinies, you know, or destinations. Anyways, as we were driving by the house, I saw it in their, in their driveway, right, in their garage. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that she, like her, one of her mom or dad, drove the, that bus. And I thought, I'll make a joke out of that. I'll, I'll look cool. So I go to the high school. I get in a little group. I see Mary, and I said, hey, Mary, I saw the uh, short bus there to pick you up this morning for school. Ha, 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 ha. No one laughed. And she looked at me and she said, actually, it was there to pick up my sister. My friend promptly said to me, put your foot in your blank mouth and walk away. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) Um, We commit sins all the time, even if we're not trying to, don't we? Like, we're not intentionally trying to be bad, And yet we fall. Why? Because even though we're in God's image, we don't have God's powers. We don't know everything. I didn't know everything in that moment. We're fallible. And when something looks good like it did to Eve, it seems like it could be healthy for you. We go for it. We listen to the voice of the evil one who's trying to drag us down with him into despair. We do it all the time. In fact, at the last Mass, I said, you'll do it before the Mass is over. You will. Right? Some thought will occur to you or something, and you'll, you'll go there too far and try to pull yourself back. It'll happen. I mean, it will. I'm not trying to, don't do that now, right? Focus. 
And after Mass, a guy came up to me and said, actually, you said that, and I thought, I won't do that. He goes, but then during the Eucharistic prayers, there were some kids screaming, and I was like, take that kid out of this church, and I got mad. And I said, there it is, right? There it is. Kids, you're welcome to stay here, by the way. It's your, it's your home just as much as everybody else's. But we do this all the time, don't we? We intentionally, actually, intentionally, sorry, I'm getting off on a roll here. Spouses, you're the worst at this. You know what bothers your spouse more than anybody else does, right? But that one thing, you just, you just plant that little seed or just hawk that little thing out there. You know it's going get to un- get to them. It's going like to wreck their day. And you do it on purpose sometimes. Siblings, you do it too. You're not off the hook. I never did with my six siblings. We were angels to my mom and dad. We know what's hurtful, and we choose it on, on purpose. And sometimes we do things accidentally. But either way, it's because there is a force in our lives that's trying to take us away from what is good, from what we're supposed to be. That's all the bad news. I think it's enough bad news. In the end, Satan, the devil, Lucifer, he's real. And he's fighting a battle that he's hoping to win, but he can't. And the good news is for us that even though we get caught by him, we get tempted by him, we pay attention to him more than we pay attention to God, even though all those things happen, the good news is that we're only caught. We're not damned yet. And if we're only caught, all we've got to do is look for a Savior. And folks, He's coming.